Hey, this is Tony Holbein. You're listening to The Revenue Formula. Today, we're going to talk about not to waste a good crisis. Should you stay or should you go when it happens? What's good for you, what's not? How can you be part of the change and maybe take a front seat in driving it? And lastly, what are the cases where this is going to be good for you and maybe even good for your career? Maybe you want to clap now. Is it the clap time? <laughs> you did it. But you need to see it, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cheers. into the mood and we're back again yes we're also live with the first couple of podcasts yes awesome and now we're recording with a, you know a legit camera we just hit the summer party yeah did some pretty epic laser tagging yeah i was really enjoying the burger afterwards <laughs> <laughs> no it's been um been you know a nice summer so far and we can feel it still today and today we're going to talk about something you and I have both experienced. It's not something you get to experience that often mm -hmm. in your career, but you can learn a great deal from it. Yeah. And the topic is never wasting a good crisis. So the, the thing is, we need to kind of start from the beginning, I guess. Mm -hmm. <laughs> that was terrible. Mm -hmm. But we, we need to find the start here because... I think what everyone will do with such a layup is talk about, well, then you have opportunities. Just go seize them, right? Mm. And it's probably a little too obvious. And we're not going to do that today. We're, we're going to do it a little bit different and actually talk a bit about what does it mean for the individual? Because you can learn and grow quite extensively if you work in a business that's experiencing a crisis. So let's talk a bit about first this crisis. What do we mean? Do we mean like a financial crisis? Or mm -hmm. what's what's the, the structure here for the conversation? Yeah. So maybe let's kind of peel the onion back a little bit. I think one piece is uh, obviously there are a couple of uh, layoffs happening right now. We had a, another piece where we talked a little bit about, you know, why they're happening and so forth. I think um, yeah, another angle here is also there might be some macro trends that are driving everyone to have the same crisis, which is kind of happening right now. And then sometimes there might also just be smaller things. So just you as a company are failing, just you as a team are failing. And that then drives this, drives this crisis. And, and really the, the reason why we're calling it never waste a good crisis is usually when that happens, the willingness to change spikes. Mm. Yeah. That that's, that's kind of the idea here when, uh, you as your leadership team or you as a leader or you as an, an individual contributor, when you are encountering a crisis, people will suddenly start listening more and be much more open to specific changes. Mm. Yeah? And, um, and, you know, I mean, you said it, you know, almost in the, in the negative, but, but it does, it does open up a opportunity for you as an individual, mm. which I think is an interesting angle. And surely, and, you know, this is not merely an egoistic thing. It also opens up opportunities for the company. Yeah. Exploring new stuff. Mm. And as with every crisis, everyone will change a little bit and some will change for the worse <laughs> and some will change for the better. You know, there's the, you, you will have both outcomes regardless. No, you know, it's this uh, classic burning platform case, okay. right? And you're standing on a burning platform in the middle of the ocean and you're three people there staring down, down you know, there's large, like 
a huge gap down to the water and it's ice cold. Mm -hmm. So you can choose to jump and yep. take your chances there or stay and with the burning platform. Which all, is, all the sane people would jump though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, the, so that's the, th the point, right? Yeah. A lot of people will take that plunge and that really signifies trying something new. And there will be some that stay and burn with a platform. And this is really the fight or flight response, yes. which we're going to get into now, right? Yes. So let's think it through. So um, let's just say we stay with this burning platform imagery uh, for, the, for the sake of it. Uh, obviously, both options are terrible. Mm. Uh, first of all, it's burning around you. That's not yeah, great. No. And it might burn down to a degree where everyone just falls to the water, right? Or you take the jump right now and kind of get out safe before that happens, right? Those are the two main logical ways around it. I think the the interesting part almost is, and maybe there's almost some game theory in here that you know maybe we haven't fully explored, but some people will jump mm. and by them leaving it will make it will actually exasperate the crisis sometimes yeah yeah sure sometimes when you go through a change like that and you have layoffs uh, sometimes you even you know as a ceo as a cfo as a, as a ceo you even plan for uh, additional churn attrition to happen in 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 your employment uh, in, in your employees beyond the layoffs mm -hmm. right because simply people are seeing this as a bad sign and then they're leaving yeah and in in some cases that then you know as as i mentioned before leads to an even worse situation the problem currently though is in in the current crisis that we're having it's not just one company struggling it's a lot of them struggling so really taking the plunge you know seems a little bit less attractive right now simply because the opportunities around you aren't that flush anymore mm. as they were maybe before Again, if, if this is not a widespread issue, if this is just a, you know, your company is screwing up, then that's a totally different conversation to a degree because you could jump and people would take you. But in this current situation, it's not fully clear, honestly. Mm. And so, I mean, let's let's focus a bit on the, the two options, right? Because, you know, you talk a bit about people are going to choose to flight and, and leave, leave the business. And I think you and I talked about, well, in some cases, that's going to be totally fair if you have a responsibility that's no longer relevant given whatever crisis you're facing and you can't do the work you need and want to do, then why stay? Mm -hmm. And so, so there's very legitimate reasons to, to leave, but I think what we should focus on here is also there's actually also some very legitimate reasons to stay mm -hmm. in the business and fight because there, there is going to be potential upside for you and, and your future career. You know, I, uh, I experienced a crisis as well in the path of my career. Basically, my boss left and, my, you know, the other boss went on maternity. And then we had a reduction in force, meaning a lot of people got fired, unfortunately. And then I was left with half a marketing team, very shell-shocked. And I thought, you know what? I still believe in the business. I still enjoy this work. I'm going to give it a full-on go and actually chose to fight for it. And that brought about opportunity, which yes. I think we should we should start digging a bit into. Yes, I think there's one thing that you said that is really important, which is I still believe in the business. And I think many people that choose to leave the business basically stop believing in it. Mm. And, you know, for better and for worse, this situation on whatever side it falls has very strong signaling 
uh, you know, for your team if you decide to leave, but also for your team if you decide to stay. Mm. And also for your boss, for your CEO to say like, hey, this guy or this girl is staying. I, I, I won't forget that so quickly, yeah. right? So kind of leaving behind the running away part of the equation, really the, the staying part of the equation, right? Why, why, should you be, why should you be staying when everything is potentially going to, you know, not a great place in that, in that scenario? I think one piece is, sure, it has a signaling upwards. The other stuff that you really need to consider is as change comes along, opportunity might come along. You might be able to drive some of that change and, you know, take part of that opportunity. Mm -hmm. So let's kind of talk about that in a second. But the other piece is also putting yourself into your shoes two, three years from now after all of that changed. How, how is everything actually going to be different, right? And I think once you think through the whole thing, many times, oftentimes, it's going to boil down to, hey, do you still believe in this thing? Or not, right? And and if you do and you stay and you work and you figure this out, it can be a pathway to a really cool next trajectory of your career. Mm. Yeah, I, I agree. You have to really be able to embrace that mm. that change needs to happen. And you and I talked about that the ground is going to be more fertile at that point in time as well. So you have a lot of opportunity that starts to appear for you as an individual to actually lean in and start doing the work and. Like you said, there's going to be a strong signal you send to the organization, but it's absolutely key that you still believe in the company, trust in what is being built, and want, like, genuinely want to be there. Yeah. And I think if you cannot convince yourself of that, then the choice will be obvious for you. But if you still can actually see those opportunities, then you know this is a maybe a couple of times in a lifetime opportunity because you will only have these types of situation you know, occurring in your career ever so often. Yep. Um, so so th there is a legitimate opportunity to, to kind of take part of a change uh, as an individual. That also brings about some potential work at the end of the day, mm -hmm. right? You actually need to go and, and do some things. And you and I talked a bit about there's going to be some work that falls outside of your field you wouldn't otherwise do. I think we should talk about that for a second. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think... With that change and that willingness to change, and usually also with the, you know, there will usually be a conversation about what do we need to stop doing? Yeah. That's usually also what it is. And sometimes that is very closely correlated to what do we think isn't working? Yeah. And going down that path, right? Number one, you want to be helping the, the narrative and the story and the understanding of, you know, what needs to be let go and why. And then there will be some things that are, you know, staying behind that are maybe being seen in a new light, potentially, because of the environment. And there might be some things that also are, you know, basically deemed not working, but still necessary to, to figure out. Mm. That might be exasperated by maybe some leader in that team maybe leaving or something like that. And while it might feel uncomfortable for you to go outside your usual job description in that sense, or your seniority level or even outside of your functional level or silo or whatever, you should seriously consider to raise your hand and say like, hey, why, why, why don't I do that? Mm. Why don't I jump in and, and try and, you know, write that ship? And obviously, very big uh, opportunity to completely fail and burn and <laughs> fired, right? Yeah. But on the, on the flip side, you know, taking on assignments that are not only outside of your comfort zone, but also are currently 
deemed to be not going well, fixing that, getting out of that in the right way, mm. that can catapult you in a completely different direction. And you, you kind of experienced that, didn't you? So, great leader question, <laughs> Michael. Um, so, you know, one, one of the examples, and I'm not 100% sure how this storyline perfectly was uh, again, but the one of the things that, while some of the change that you described, because we were in the same yeah. company, went up, some of the changes that went on at that time was basically the realization that SDR, so outbound, was kind of working pretty well. Uh, previously, it was like, ah, these guys are on Facebook. By the way, it's a social media management company. Those guys are on Facebook all the time. You know, they're lazy, blah, blah, blah. They're not working out. Their deals aren't converting. Uh, obviously, we did the analysis and it was like, wait a minute, this actually is working pretty nicely. And keep in mind, this was 2016 or something like that. Outbound in Europe was still not a big, big, big thing, mm. uh, at least not to the degree that it is now. And um, basically, the team and I put forward and said, like, hey, you know, this SDR thing is really working well and it actually needs to increase. And to a degree, because no one else in the company was then able to pick it up, it was like, hey, Tony, why uh, why don't you take this thing on? Mm. Um, and I didn't take it on directly, kind of obviously I had some some leadership and management in place, but basically started owning really the the outbound teams and really trying to optimize the, you know, the living hell out of that, yeah. uh, which did pay off over time, right? And, and it resulted not only in me getting high fives for, for fixing it and figuring it out and driving it and so forth, uh, but also, hey, Tony, why don't you take on that other thing? Yeah. So it's really, uh, this could have gone a completely different direction, by the yeah. way. Um, so there's lots of risk here. Uh, but I think I think some of those risks you will have to take anyway. There's no way around that in mm. your career, usually. And really the opportunity that someone comes around and says, well, you junior person who doesn't have a clue about this thing that isn't going great in a pretty high pressure time, take this on. Those are things that usually don't happen if there isn't a crisis around yeah. you. No, I mean, I had had the similar experience. I wouldn't have leveled up career-wise if I hadn't experienced that crisis because essentially, you know, with with all the bosses in marketing leaving, I could say, hey, I'd be happy, you know, appreciate the opportunity to take care of the team while there's no one else. Yeah. And, and you know, the 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 first step then was really, what are we not going to do? Because we don't have the same capacity anymore. We know there are some things that needs to happen. And that was a conversations, to be honest, with the CEO leadership and then the team to kind of refine that. What are we going to do? Where can we make an impact? And we actually ended up exceeding our targets, which was kind of tremendous considering what had happened. And it was, don't get me wrong, it's a really tough period because like we said earlier in the episode, some people will decide to leave and they're not going to do it necessarily right away. So it's, you know. Yeah, but also put yourself into, you know, the one person's shoes that that can't leave when this happens. Yeah. <laughs> Who, who's that? Who's that? That's, <laughs> sometimes that's, you know, the CEO founder guy. Yeah. And, and, in, and in those situations when then suddenly, you know, the in this case, the marketing team was crumbling away mm. and it was like, who's going who's gonna to take this thing on now? Yeah. You're certainly not going to be able to hire someone off the street, right? This was yeah. not a great, you know, we weren't great prospects for the employment market at that point. And, and you took it on and you, you know, and you'll fix it. And you probably wouldn't have gotten that kind of an opportunity in a, and at this point we were series B yeah. scale up yeah. to, you know, lead the charge for, for that, that whole marketing team at that point in time. Yeah. Right. And, and I think that, um, you know, that, that puts you in a different spot, obviously with the CEO and leadership, obviously, yeah. and also gives you 
um, a wild ride learning yeah. that you otherwise, you know. I mean, it's a thing you it. will never forget. Yeah. When you when you look back at your career and the things and the choices you made, there's going to be good stuff and bad stuff. And this is certainly, you know, a tough one, but also a good one. And there's a lot of growing pain in that experience, mm. but you grow from it. And and I think an important thing to point out is while we're talking about there is an opportunity, is it's not that you need to hold anyone at gunpoint. You you can genuinely ask and suggest that you can help do something, whether it's taking on a team or a project or an area. But I think getting the responsibility is the key. Mm -hmm. And then if you succeed and do well, then everything else will actually follow. Meaning, so I got promoted after that, mm -hmm. which which I was appreciated a lot. But all those things will follow with the work you do. I also think another another way to look at this is, you know, usually when you're in the Series A, Series B, you know, scale-up phase, a lot of people will make decisions on what kind of role you should take based on your past, based on your CV. Mm. You know, has she done it before? Has she proven she can she can do it successfully and so forth? When you're in a squeeze like that, you don't have the luxury for these kind of things anymore. No. It's at that point, it's like, hey, who who is here? Yeah. Uh, who and who is you know out of out of the team best capable to do it? And you know what is the best choice to kind of make right now? And um, and it levels the playing field to a large degree because mm. you know and this kind of back then was also a bit of you know for me actually a, a time where you know I started to I started out reporting to the CEO you know, super early on yeah. like in, in 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 that company's history and then we got to a stage where I just couldn't keep up anymore we you know yes I was trying to grow as fast as I can but you know I'm still human I'm still organically capped to a degree but the company was scaling exponentially so you, you know can't you can't keep up and you shouldn't try to and and the right thing is obviously to hire in some more senior folks from the mm -hmm. outside to hey you know they can now take over and keep building this thing in the right direction and that that situation also led to you know the leadership team reevaluating whether or not these outside leaders were the right ones actually at that mm -hmm. point and the the company obviously did stumble a little bit in that in that in that approach and it gave if you will it gave me the opportunity to catch up with the company because the company was going a little bit slower at that point. Yeah. So I could organically try and catch up, which then eventually led to, uh, yes, me getting more opportunities and so forth. But it's um, it's really important to keep in mind that, you know, there, there are some, some upsides, some benefits to yeah. the situation that are completely non-obvious when you stand there and think like, well, this thing's going to go belly up by. Yeah, but I think it's it's super interesting what you said because I've, when everything is going well, I've talked with a lot of people on my team about career growth, right? And specifically, a startup and a scale-up will grow at a certain pace. And you as an individual need to be able to keep up with that pace if you want to progress with it. Mm -hmm. Otherwise, the company will be forced to bring in talent or leadership from the outside that fits the level the company has grown to. Mm -hmm. But I think what's never occurred to me until now is there's going to be points in time where it, the growth is slower. And this is certainly a point where you then have that opportunity. I, I think, again, what we've talked about so far, none of this is going to work if you are unable to embrace the change mm -hmm. and buy into it. Because you said the playing field will be leveled. And sure, you might be more talented, but if you are detached at that point... It's going to be tough for you, even if you get the responsibility then also to succeed because you will not have the motivation. Yeah. 
And I think one one last point actually on this here is, sure you will, you know the the the, laying, uh, the, the playing field is a little level to a degree. You have a bunch of potentially new openings. You mm. should you know take the plunge and the risk internally take on your things. I think if you can, if you are in a, in a position, and you know people in revenue operations, revenue leaders uh, might might be in a position to help assist and drive the change and drive the narrative. Um, one of the one of the things that I was fortunate enough to be you know part of here and in, in, in that scenario was really basically building the first revenue model at that point in time and really realizing, hey, this is how all of these pieces hang together. Mm. Here's optimization potential. Yeah. Building all of that, you know, sure there's some data, some causal model, some logic behind all of that stuff. But at the end of the day, it's the story, the narrative you derive from that, and then you know use that as a basis to try and drive change. If you if you can be part of that part of the conversation, even better, yeah. right? Even better, uh, because number one, obviously you trust yourself and you think that the change that you're driving, you will you're buying into that. That's great. But also, if you're the author or close to of that narrative people will instinctively more trust you with some of the decisions being taken later on on that on that role as well, right? So really, it sometimes depends a little bit on what kind of position you are and, and, and how you can impact it. But being part of that narrative building can be extremely powerful as well. So let's talk a bit about what happens after, right? Because you're going to have this situation where if either you've left or you've stayed and fought and there's going to be an outcome. And there can really only be, well, there could probably be more, but let's let's focus on two outcomes. Mm -hmm. Either it's a failure yep. or it's successful. And I think we should end on a high note. So let's start with the failure, yeah. right? <laughs> let's, let's start with the failure. Also, for, I think it's important to realize if you choose to buy into the change and embrace it, there is a risk that it's not going to work out. Mm -hmm. But that doesn't mean you're not going to leave without anything. No, exactly. So... First of all, you are not the CEO in most cases. So ultimately, it's not your fault if it all goes belly up. You know, that's just important to remember. And that's also how the market will see you and judge you. And by the way, if you're the CEO that goes belly up, then the market will think you are an experienced founder. You learned. You made the mistake now. Yeah. And really, um, at this point, you... And let's just say this is not, you know, two months or something after. Let's just say this is a year or two after. You were potentially an instrumental part of driving some of that change. You were put into positions that you wouldn't have had access to for the next 10 years in your career. And you uh, had to make some really, really tough calls that you probably wouldn't have encountered for the next 10 years either. And you learned from that. And that it in the end didn't work out, it's it's obviously unfortunate, but it doesn't change the fact that you grew in that period immensely. And I would even argue there probably wouldn't have been any other place on earth where you could have grown that fast in that similar period of time. Right? So kind of keep keep that in mind. And then going out to the to the market and talking and trying to find a new job. I think you have a lot of really interesting stories to tell. Hmm. And really when when I interview people, it's it's really the story that they can tell and you know the the, the you know the war stories sometimes people say but you know the rooms that you were in, the decisions that you were part of and it's very quickly you figure out 
is that just someone reciting what happened or is that a first person narrative where you then clearly hear no wait a minute that person was part of driving that change that person was part of making those decisions and obviously if it didn't go the right way it's an easy follow-up question to you know what do you think went wrong right and then suddenly you get a a lot of reflections uh, from someone that deeply thought about it and it's it's very easy to pick the winners in that point. And it's not going to be the ones that were part of the massively successful uh, business that that were kind of, you know, on the sidelines, but it might actually be the ones that didn't succeed business-wise in the end, but were at least in the driver's seat and, uh, you know, much more experienced for where they are right now in their career than others would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah? So I think this can be a very positive outcome, even though if it isn't one overall for the company and maybe for your for your warrants and your equity stake that you had. Yeah? Then the other side, exploring that, it turns out well. Obviously, that's the easy one. Everything is great. Sorry. No, I was going to say pop the champagne, but yeah. that just feels a bit awkward. We, we survived. <laughs> I think but, out of this survival usually comes a little bit more than just that. You yeah. suddenly have a much stronger understanding of your business. Yeah. You had to make some tough calls, what you're going to cut and what mm. you invest in. And and apparently those calls worked out. Yeah. Uh, so you know a lot more suddenly about the company than you did before. I think if you were in the position to create and drive the narrative and be part of the change and take on some shitty assignments that you otherwise wouldn't have and, and the company is doing well, it's really hard to argue for anyone to be like, yeah, well, that wasn't really your achievement here. It was luck. Yeah, yeah. that was... And by the way, there's luck all over the place. Let's not let's not forget about that either. But it's it's really tough for someone to to try and take that take that away from you, if you will, mm. both internally but also externally. Um, and internally, you can obviously uh, you know when the company is going well again, and you can grow, and maybe have more funding, and you know everything is going in the right direction. It also puts you into a really nice spot to take on more responsibility, either in seniority or lateral moves or whatever whatever you want to do, really. Mm. Um, can be extremely powerful, right? Yeah. I think what's also a really good thing you'll get, no matter actually the outcome is, you'll create some really strong relationships mm-hmm. with with the team that is still there. Because everyone is going to be there for a reason. It's to save the business at the end of the day. And that's that's where you really start to build trust with one another and admiration and respect for each other. Mm. And if the company ends up failing then guess what's going to happen you're going to help each other land the next thing Mm -hmm. and just that network people talk a lot about the importance of network it's not just having a connection on linkedin it's actually having someone who can help you or you can help for that matter and that is so valuable and something that's going to stay with you for the rest of the career yeah totally i think that you know in order to build a strong relationship with anyone it's to do some really hard work, and that could be that. It is to play against one another or with one another. And then the third is to have fun together, right? Those are the three key ingredients for creating deep bonds and relationships, and mm-hmm. in my view, and probably other people have very different views. Uh, but this is this is what it is for me, and, um, and this certainly uh, takes usually all those three boxes, right? To be, Regardless how it goes, you will have wins, you will celebrate, you will have all of those opportunities. And uh, that then creates something that is probably 
lifelong lasting. This will this will not just be a thing that's over next time, right? And uh, I think those um those are potential upsides not to be disregarded. Yeah. Let's just say it like that easily. Yeah? I think the last point is whether the outcome is successful or not, you can always choose to leave. Mm-hmm. You always have the out. But I at least think this taking on this mindset of either you're going to embrace the change if you can, if it adds up with your values and what you hope to achieve with your career, or it doesn't, and then you you leave. To a degree, you're really in the same position as you were two years before or one year before when the crisis really hit. Uh, you uh, are probably going to be better off. You probably have an, uh, an upside that, that you didn't realize. And really making the decision to, you know, leave the burning platform at that point will probably, regardless whether, you know, whether this went great or not, will probably looking backward will be like, ah, that was a, that would have been a stupid idea. That wouldn't have been a mistake. And I can promise you, maybe that promise is a strong word here, but if you, you know, were to compare yourselves to the ones that left, which I may or may not have done, <laughs> you will, you will see that you probably uh, you know pulled the longer straw uh, in that in that chance of luck, and that is that is a, it is a good reasoning and um, and motivator to actually stay and figure this out and and, and crush it accordingly. So I mean, this was um, you know never waste a good crisis. You told me just before that this is apparently a Churchill quote. Yeah, apparently I didn't come up with that. No, you thought you did. I mean, why wouldn't I? Uh, but apparently Churchill did. Yeah, he has so many quotes though. Yeah, it's that's hard, true. like it, you know, it's it's what they say. If you're gonna, you know, play a tune on a guitar, pretty much every tune has been played by now. So it's it's just different versions of the okay. same. I'm not sure if you're trying to make me feel better or worse about it. Not sure. I actually don't know. Yeah. I mean, maybe it was because you didn't, you know, participate in laser tag. I think you would have done well. You know, once you get, of you bite into something. But I'm just trying to be a good leader. You know, <laughs> I've crushed all of you. Oh yeah, it's about la- making others look good. Yes. But wrapping this, um, never waste a good crisis. Don't don't just don't just run. Uh, you know, stay there, be part of the change, drive it, have fun while doing it, and probably walk away the richer. Yeah, you'll be more wise, more fulfilled. Yeah. And I think even if you leave, by the way, if that's the right decision for you, that's what you need to do. Yeah. Thanks for the good one. Hope you enjoyed listening to the episode. Take care. Bye. You can also say bye. <laughs> bye. We usually time it so it's, it's the same, like three, two, bye, bye, one. bye, bye, bye. bye. <laughs>